Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 246, Catherine Boychuk, director, and Brent Duffy, joint managing director at Maximus International, discuss courageous leadership. They explain how internalised fear created by negative self-talk holds us back and how we can shift this through a committed change in mindset and the stories we tell ourselves. They also reveal tips and habits you can develop to become a better leader. This is Catherine and Brent's version of Be The Drop, recorded live at Southstart. This episode was recorded live at Southstar in Adelaide. I've included a link in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about Southstar. Brent, Catherine, I'm excited already. Thank you so much for joining me in the tent. We're already started, right? Right, we're being courageous. So we're going to talk about courageous leadership. To get us started, you're going to share us a bit of a story, which I'm not sure. I feel like maybe I should be nervous. It's the anti-podcast story. Welcome, Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. In the theme of the anti-podcast, we wanted to ask you some questions. Oh, okay, good. So one of the questions that we ask mostly is first straight up. And one of the questions that makes them shake in their boots a little bit is, why should anyone be led by you? Right. Okay. And now I'm right yeah, now on, you're this on the spot, spot on the podcast going, why should anybody be led by me? Because I care. Making a difference means something to me because I believe in stories and that stories can change the world and together we can make a difference. Amazing. That's why they should be living. <laughs> Such, Such conviction. conviction. <laughs> Such conviction, which is actually one of the, the secret ingredients is to leadership, is, which is your purpose, like the, the ability to have impact, the ability to deeply care about someone. But the way you said it, the way you said it with conviction was actually what leadership impact is all about. So, well, that was good. Now we need to, I need yeah. to turn the table because yeah. this is fun because actually I'm supposed to do the questions. Okay. <laughs> right. So how about then why leadership, why this role, why do you love what? you're doing yeah i mean it is interesting this concept of leadership courage and if i think about my own personal story i actually started as a scientist and i was staring down a microscope 12 hours a day looking at blood films and and i actually realized at that moment this is not for me and that was my first step into consulting and i had no clue what consulting was i know but someone said you just got to have a bit of energy a bit of conviction and you can get going so i think Courage for us is all about that ability to identify the thing that you believe in most. So that's where the purpose and that conviction comes from, but also overcoming the fear, the, the fear and usually the thing that's holding you back. And so moving from scientist into consulting and then Maximus. And so Maximus has been around for 20 years now, uh, working deeply in the leadership and culture space. And I think that's what we bring as a, as a firm, even though we're now embarking on 20 years, we bring that real entrepreneurial spirit and the courage to, to do leadership differently. Yeah. And I came across Maximus because I'm a leader by trade. So executive 20 plus years in technology, leading really diverse teams around the world, trying to make a difference, leave the world a little bit better than where I found it and how I found it. And around seven, eight years ago, I found myself stuck in the middle as so often, particularly women in technology roles, find themselves stuck in the belly of organisations, failing to have their leadership recognised. 
And I had the opportunity of an orga- the organisation I work for investing in me to become a leader and going on a development program, which was facilitated by Maximus. I didn't know what I was signing up to and I didn't know that it involved deep purpose work and ultimately that it would change my life and that, you know, I described the impact of having that experience similar to the beginning of The Wizard of Oz where life turned from black and white into full colour. I got the job of my dreams. I got to create the impact that I want wanted in the world. And then after five years or so in my last role, I said, what next? I think that I can do more with my purpose and not stay inside one organisation. And so I took six months off, wrote a book, travelled a lot. Oh, yeah. And then in Bali, <laughs> saw that Maximus were hiring. <laughs> and I thought, oh, goodness me. I have no experience, but this is my dream job, so I'm going to shoot my shot. And I texted the founder and said, I don't know if you remember me, (laughs) but if you can ignore the fact that I've got no experience, I think this could be my dream job. And here we are a year later, and I'm now a director at the firm. Amazing. And I get to do all the things technology and and get to play with leadership too. So you can have everything you want. Wow, there's so much in there, I don't even know where to start to unpack. I mean, there's secret sauce that needs to be, you know, we need the ingredients for that. But, okay, so first of all, you had that life-changing moment and you turned into colour. You went from black and white to colour. Tell me why, like if you could distill it down to, I'm sure there was lots of elements, but give me something, some secret sauce in that. I really, the learning experience with Maximus helped me realise two things. I was wearing labels that the world had given me throughout my life. Mm-hmm. She's too loud. She's too bossy. She's too confident. She's too quiet, right? And as leaders, we tend to carry around the labels that other people say and, and we wear them as badges of honour and they really shape who we are. And the work that I did in during that year with the Maximus experience was it allowed me to actually uncover who I really was, not what the outside world wanted me to be. And it gave me the confidence to become more of who I was. And the more I was myself, I feel like the brighter my light shined and then it attracted all of the things that I wanted in life. Yeah, Your light is shining bright. I love your light. It's good. And it's interesting because you're wearing brave on your T-shirt, the word brave, and Brent was talking about the importance of pushing through fear and it's fear that's the barrier, you know, and we're talking about courage. And fear is such a challenging thing because how do you pinpoint what fear is because it's a feeling it's a barrier it's something we don't even it's very hard to articulate and identify but we might know it's there and it's holding us back but how can we lean into fear i mean we just talked about it that most of the fear that exists for all of us is actually in our heads often it comes from self-talk so it's those moments when you're by yourself and you're talking to yourself so whether that's in the car or in the shower And a lot of the research by Carrie Cooper suggests that 80% of what we say about ourselves when we buy ourselves is negative. And we remember those moments, we remember the fear and we attach to it. So a lot of the things that KB talked about, the labels, were maybe someone had said it once, but she'd remembered that. And then she'd labelled herself in those ways. So the the thing about fear is actually realising that often it's, it is what, it's our mindset. It's actually what exists in our own minds. And we have a choice with our mindset to change it. And it's not easy and it takes a lot of work, a lot of self-reflection and then action. But 
but oftentimes it's just getting that mindset shift and that's where we love to work with leaders is in starting with that mindset shift yeah i'm like nodding furiously <laughs> because you know i've been through a personal journey myself with that and done a lot of work on on mindfulness and mm. mindset and yep. i mean i would have said this sort of stuff to people before and i'd heard it and said it and got oh well it's really important to be who you are not yeah. listen to labels but until you really tap into that layer, until the self-reflection and the mindfulness experience happens internally really deeply, it, it's harder to understand the power. So then what are some of these key things that you're working with leaders? You know, because leading is about that personal courage as well. But leaders also need to help encourage yeah. what is that role in the leadership piece? There's two key things we talk about. One is that there's a real shift so largely what we teach society through MBA programs, through how that people, our children are schooled, it was written for an industrial revolution that was largely based on manufacturing. And so what we like to do is really challenge the leaders and the organisations that we work with. You know, are you behaving like a 21st century leader? Are you leading with power and control and hierarchy and having only an economic focus as your reason for being? Or... Are you on the other end of the spectrum, which is leading with an abundance mindset, anchored in purpose, you foster and curate activism, you want to leave the world a better place and solve bigger problems. And more often than not, you're, I think we're now seeing a really big shift even socially that we all expect more from the organisations that we buy from, mm. that we work in and that we partner with mm. and we expect them to do good with the platforms that they have. And so... For me, investing in leadership and really working with leaders and helping them make that transition, that allows organisations to really accelerate the, re the impact that they can have. That's what we're there to do. They're the sorts of organisations that we enjoy working with. We just want to help them speed up. And, you know, and it's interesting because you've tapped into some of these barriers. So, you know, some we've got education and historical sort of habit that's ingrained and taught and you know, potentially isn't really being taught that differently yet. So learned behaviour is hard to break. So are you working in habits as well yeah, and I, helping yeah. people break them? Absolutely. I mean, as I said before, we start with mindset. So we really start with the individual, the way that you see yourself and the impact that you want to have and the belief systems that you've built up for yourself. And often that's about going backwards. And we do a lot of journaling with your leaders. So going back to some of those experiences all through your life. So you know, preschool, in school, early adulthood, early jobs and early careers, all those experiences, the highs and lows created those beliefs. But once you make a decision to make a change to work towards your purpose and the impact that you want to have, the most simple way to make the change is habits. I mean, as humans, our lives are made up of routines, rituals and habits, where we get our coffee from, where we park our car, what time we arrive at work. And so we get leaders to really work in that science of habits because as humans, we know that, you know, if we want to change something in our life, we have to make a change and we have to make small changes. And often it's not to make the change. It's not the one big thing. It's the hundred little things. Yeah. And I like the, the habits and the choices and the actions. So you're using all those words that I think it key to the actual difference making mm. and you you said this before you're like you can identify but then you have to do, do something what do i do on a daily basis weekly basis monthly basis quarterly like how does change actually happen i often talk about the fact that humans are largely better at doing than thinking yet we spend a disproportionate amount of our time in our head whether that be managing our devices 
or interacting with others, we're still very much using our energy and time and the amount of time each day in our head. And we talk about leading with the head and the heart and your guts and how do you use all of the tools that you have and how do you start to become really mindful about how, how are you leading? Are you leading with your head? Are you leading with your heart? Are you listening to your gut? Or have you been stuck in five hours worth of really deep thought and you need to kind of break your, your patterns? So we like to help leaders identify what their natural default settings are and then we try and work with them on what are the types of tips and tricks that they can break some of those default settings and start to have more balance in how they approach their leadership. And because change can can be scary coming back to fear. So like what would be an example of a how to break a habit, how to change? Oh, it's so some of them are so ridiculously simple. So we met a couple of leaders who in the mornings they arrive at work they get their coffee, but their immediate habit is the shortest way to get to their desk with the least amount of people that they have to interact with. Like these are C-suite executives who've just broken into the habit that it's an efficiency thing to get to my desk the fastest I can to turn my laptop on. But breaking that habit and say, well, how does that feel for other people that see you do that every morning? And what impression or what shadow are you casting on an organisation that you're saying to people that efficiency is more important than running into someone and having an engaging conversation? So it's as simple as saying to the habit is that when you arrive at work, you're going to stop at the, at the door as you step in and you're going to choose a different way to walk. And you're going to walk past people's desks and you're going to stop and say good morning. And for the first couple of mornings, they'll look at you with quite scared, crazy eyes and thinking, what are you doing? But if you keep up that habit, it'll change the way that people receive you and the shadow that you're casting. You play that through everything. So how you shop in a meeting, how you start a meeting, how you set the agenda, how you set the tone, how you send emails first thing on Monday mornings. <laughs> uh, there's something going on here, audience. You can't hear the, or see the laughter. But, Catherine, how do you send emails on a Monday morning? Well, my advice is that you don't. That's my first thing. So Brent just gave me a little bit of a stare because I do quality check his habits from time to time. I get audited. <laughs> <laughs> to remind him that email is not the most effective way of communicating with people, particularly first thing in the morning. On a Monday. Yeah. Correct. So, and yeah, we all need to look at our habits. <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, yeah. I, I talk about leadership in the context of the next decade being the hyper-connected world. And what does it mean to actually lead or take up a role of leadership in the hyper-connected world where everything is so much faster. We have come off the back of 12 months of what we call a really high level of dopamine and cortisol leadership where there's been really high highs and really low lows and kind of wildly swinging extremes. And now we're entering into a new phase where technology is interacting with our organisations and our lives in a way that we've not really well-versed at Mm. operationalizing before and when I say that you know how much of what you interact with each day is human versus a non-human actor mm. and how does that shape what you do yeah and it's interesting as you're talking I'm thinking as a leader in a hyper-connected sort of environment how do you manage the the wear and tear the cost of that yeah I say that we take better care of our iPhones than we do ourselves because we plug them in each day and recharge them as a conscious habit and one of the things we talk about is you know, where are you prioritising your effort? Are your you recharge. Are you recharging and focusing your energy on managing your time, which is finite? I haven't met anyone yet that has successfully created a 25-hour yeah. day. And so quite often the thing that we're asking leaders to do is to pause 
and help them slow down in order to speed up. Yeah. So you're really talking about consciousness on all of these layers, but the self-awareness consciousness I think is something that we find the hardest. Mm. It isn't something that's taught. You know, we're we swinging back to our education and the systems that we've inherited. There wasn't this self-conscious, self-care, you know, that wasn't part of, of what mm. we taught. Mm. So are these these blocks that you're now sort of trying to unbreak to rebuild... Yeah, I think that 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 self-care, that looking after yourself, putting the mask on yourself first before you put it on someone else is so important. And as you said, as a as a for me as a father, as a son, as a brother, as a business owner, like all of those elements, you have to have you have the energy for all of that because if you don't have the energy, you're going to show up not only lacking for yourself, but how much can you can give to other people. And I think that we have to get people to really think about what where do they get their energy from and what inspires them. So if you can work out for yourself, what inspires you? Where do you get your energy? Where do you find that that infinite um, energy source? And if you can tap into that, often that's the thing that will actually be your purpose. So we talk a lot about leadership purpose and why you choose to what you do. But if you can find the things that give you energy, often that's the key to your purpose. Mm, yeah. And I just have a final question before we wrap up with the final. So the podcast is called Be The Drop because it's based on my favourite saying, which is a waterfall begins with one drop. So I'd love to hear your advice on how people can embrace being the drop. And being the drop means, and this is courageous leadership, right, how to motivate and inspire actions in others. So they join your drop and you create waterfalls together. Well, for mine, is it's actually uh, borrowing it from Ben Zander, who's an amazing conductor. And one of the biggest tips he gives leaders is in leadership, you should always think about who am I being and how am I showing up that allows others to be that way. And I think that as leaders, often I hear, and, and I know sometimes I fall into the trap where you start to look at others and think, why aren't they doing that? Or why isn't someone um, doing that for my organization or for my clients or for my customers? But I think one of the best advice for leaders to just begin is to ask yourself who you being that enables people to show up that way. Mm. I love that, Brent. Yeah, yeah me too. That. How was like you prepared that? Why didn't I get the heads up on preparing something so mindful like that my purpose in life is to help people and organizations imagine more for themselves but then have the discipline to make it happen and I have found most leaders and people that are looking to make a difference suffer some form of imposter syndrome and my little drop is you are enough you are smart enough funny enough connected enough tenacious enough determined enough to be whatever it is you want to be in this world and to create whatever legacy you want to leave behind Go forth and create your waterfall. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.